Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27. That he may or might present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I want you to notice the first phrase there. It says that he might present it to himself. A glorious church. A glorious church church. And that's really simply what I want to speak about here tonight, a glorious church. Aren't you thankful for the church? Aren't you thankful to be a part of God's church, the body of Christ? Let's lift up our hands and let's pray together. Let's pray for the help of the Lord, the strength of the Lord in this service. Jesus, we do need you. We need your help, your strength, your blessing, your anointing. To be upon the remainder of this service, I pray that you would help me to help your people. We thank you, God, for the opportunity uh, of standing and proclaiming your word. And I pray we could do it under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would anoint all of us to receive from the word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. The church is a phenomenon when you think of it in terms of other institutions in this world or even perhaps as you look back in history at various institutions that have existed and that have come and gone. Maybe they were established and they seem so strong and they seem like they would just survive anything or be around forever. But uh, if you've lived uh, very long, you understand that there's a lot of things that come and go. A lot of various governments that seemed so powerful and strong and formidable over a period of time deteriorated, declined, and uh, in some cases totally collapsed. Uh, Recently I've been studying a little bit about the Roman Empire And it's been interesting to me the similarities between the Roman Empire and the United States of America. In fact, a lot of our government and its structure comes from the influence of the Roman Empire. And uh, the Roman Empire at its time was very expansive. At the peak of its influence, it it covered uh, not only one little area or peninsula of Italy. Sometimes we think that was the limitations of it but it touched all parts of the then-known world. And it was a very vast empire and a strong empire. It had a very strong uh, army that uh, protected it. And we know that there was emperors that rose through the ranks of the Roman Empire. And they're still named in history today and were very influential in their time. Some of them known for their oratory and they could use words 
uh, to move people. Some were known for their leadership abilities and how that they were able to wield power in government and build coalitions and, and be able through that to influence things, to get things done the way that they felt that they should. And then there was others that rose to the ranks as military leaders and they understood military strategy and they understood battles and war. And because of this, they grew in their respect and rose to power. But uh, as you know, the Roman Empire as it was, though it existed for several centuries, though it was very great, much has been written and historians have have. Uh, pondered this and philosophized about the existence of the Roman Empire and how it fell, but it did crumble and it did collapse, even as strong, even as influential, and even as powerful as it was. It still crumbled and fell. But can I say that the church remained through it all, even though the Roman Empire was one of those that tried to threaten the church and tried to destroy the church. And uh, we know that through the Christianizing of Rome and the Roman Empire, this is one of the things that many historians believe caused the ultimate collapse of Rome. But the church, even with the fierce persecution of several emperors and uh, it being considered an illicit religion, and uh, you could not worship God openly. It continued to grow. And the Bible says that even the Caesars that rose to power that fought the church the most fiercely, the Bible said in their very household, in fact, uh, Paul wrote, he said, the saints that are in Caesar's household salute you. Even in his very household there were saints of God as much as he tried to destroy, to persecute, to bring down the church, it still rose, and it still continued to grow. And if I could use layman's terms, terms that we're familiar with, it continued to have revival. Because the Scripture says in Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus' words, it said, Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Against the church. Against, uh, against this institution that God has established. And that God has formed. And uh, I wouldn't want to resist or to be opposed to the church. Because the church is going to win. The church is going to overcome. The church is going to be able to withstand whatever challenge that it confronts. It's going to be able to rise above whatever situation that tries to oppress it because the church was not just built by anybody. It wasn't built by man, but it was built by God and constructed by God. And so it's going to survive as long as God desires it to. Can you say praise the Lord? But governments and nations have come and gone. Movements that have been so influential and have affected so much and uh, have, have affected society and impacted society in so many ways, they have come and gone. We, we've seen it in our lifetime. We've seen people protesting about this and protesting about that. 
but those things. I mean, where are those Occupy Wall Street folks today? They kind of come and go. Seemed like a big deal for a few months, but then it kind of fades away. And there were those that have opposed other things and other movements. And it's one thing after another. But when it's all said and done, the church is going to remain. The church is going to stand strong. Even religions have come and gone. It is amazing how many different uh, religions and and different groups of people that believe different things have risen and fallen over time. Uh, religions, people that believe various things and worship various gods. But I'm thankful that those that worship the true and living God, they continue to thrive. They continue to be blessed. And God continues to prosper them. And God continues His church to be strong and steady through everything. There's a lot of shaking that is going on in our world. There's a lot of things that is uh, in turmoil and it seems like it's in flux right now. And it's up and down. And, and you know, uh, some things it seems and appears to me are, are doing much better. And then in other areas, uh, there is the constant dread and threat. Uh, of unrest and incivility and all kinds of rioting that is going on and and uh, wild and crazy crimes that are taking place and mass shootings and and terror that is it is no longer over in just the Middle East or countries that we just hear about but it's right here on our doorstep now and we're facing it for ourselves and I'm telling you uh, I believe that the Lord should tarry that that type of thing is probably going to get worse. But I'm going to tell you the safest place you can be when the storm is raging out there in the world is right here in the church of the living God. I said the safest place you can be is in the church of the living God. Amen. I'm going to tell you when the wind starts blowing and uh, when when chaos is abounding and it seems like it's it's. Uh, cataclysmic situation out there you can find hope you can find strength you can find fortification and protection in the church of the living God praise the Lord don't try to man it out there on your own don't try to survive by yourself don't try to go it alone but find and connect yourself to the church that God has established that God has put in place that God has founded because there you will be safe there you can survive and I don't mean just getting by I don't mean just this uh, eking out an existence uh, but I believe that while the world uh, it, it seems is, is spiraling out of control the people of God can grow stronger and be more blessed even in this kind of atmosphere I see I see that in the book of Acts I see this very thing taking place in the word of God the more the church was resisted the more its lifestyle and the more its dedication and consecration to God 
was resisted, the more it became strong and the more formidable it became and the more powerful it became, the more that they tried to persecute, the more that they tried to stamp out the fires of revival, it seemed like the church discontinued to spread more rapidly and grow more fervently. I'm going to tell you that's the way I believe it's going to be in the end time. Amen. I said, I believe that's the way it's going to be in the end time. We should not fret. We should not worry. We, we should not fear. We should not be intimidated. We are the people of God. I said we are children of the Lord. And I believe God's going to take care of us. I want to say this in case you're fearful. I believe He's going to provide for His children. I said I believe He's going to provide for His children. Some people say, well, I, I don't know. Maybe we need to, you know, I remember when Y2K was going on. There was people who were stocking up with all kinds of goods. And then when that was all over with, they couldn't eat it fast enough before it, its expiration dates run out on it, you know. And, uh, and you know, and if that's what you want to do, more power to you. I was evangelizing at the time. I didn't have the money to buy three batteries, so I, I couldn't worry about it. I had to trust God, and I had to believe the Lord. And I think that's really what we need to do anyway is trust the Lord. And put our faith in God. I'm not fixing to get a backhoe out at my house and get a storm cellar and stock up with all kinds of goods and get me a year's worth of batteries. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to believe in Him. I'm going to put my faith in Him. I'm going to trust that He's going to take care of me. Amen. Because there's always going to be something. You realize there's pandemics and all kinds of things that are in this world even now. And and I I mean everything's just on a knife's edge and it could turn chaotic overnight. Uh, But I have to trust that God uh, is going to take care of His bride. That God is going to take care of His church. Uh, That he, He is in control of this and I can put my faith and my trust in Him. And I don't have to fear what man could do unto me. Come on, what did the psalmist say? He said, some trust in horses, others in chariot, but I'll put my trust in the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I said, I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I'm going to put my faith in Him. And I believe He's going to provide for me. I believe that He's going to take care of me. Not only provide, but I believe He'll protect us also. I said, I believe he'll protect us also. He's protected us thus far. He'll continue to protect us. He'll continue to watch out for us. He'll continue to put, come on, the Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp about them that fear him. If you have regard and respect and trust in God, you don't have anything to fear. The devil has something to fear. He needs to be fearing you, not you fearing him. I think it's about time we turn the tables on the enemy. I think it's about time we realize who we are in Jesus Christ. It's not in me as Joseph said as he stood before Pharaoh. But he said I do know a God that is able to answer thee. I know a God that is able to take care of me. There may be a famine coming but God is going to give us provision for the famine Pharaoh. God's going to take care of us if we keep holding to his hand. Oh, somebody give some praise and thanksgiving and worship unto the Lord. Amen. And I believe that the church is destined to increase. I'm talking about the true church. 
uh, the church of the living God, if we'll really put our faith in Him and if we'll really work for Him and do what we know we need to be doing and not shy away from it, not grow intimidated, not try to blend in with the world, but go ahead and be what we're supposed to be, and that's the light, uh, the city set on the hill, the salt. Uh, amen. If we don't lose our savor, but we continue to be what we're supposed to be, we're called to be and purposed to be, I truly think that God is going to work for us, uh, and we're going to see greater miracles than we've ever seen before greater revival than we've ever seen before more powerful things than we've ever witnessed anybody want to be in on that is anybody want to see that come on now amen i i you you know in order for somebody to get healed there has to be sickness sometimes there has to be the trial of somebody's faith for them to be able to overcome and for them to have the testimony that God is able to help them and so rough times and 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 tough times and and difficult situations is the elements that God works in it's the environment it's the atmosphere for the supernatural i'm going to tell you when the going gets tough and when the devil resists and when he wars against us that's our moment to shine that's not time to take tail and run it's time for us to stand up and proclaim we're children of God we're people of the name we've got the truth amen let's go forward in Jesus name let's have revival in Jesus name let's see God work in Jesus name Let, let's be what we're supposed to be the Bible said that they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out devils. They shall take up serpents. They shall drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt them. I'm telling you that's the church that God has in mind for the last days. I said that's the church that God has in mind for the last days. You can be a part of the weak and the watered down, amen, and the lethargic and the satisfied and the complacent and the cold and the basically dried up and dead if you want to be. But I choose to be a part of a church that is thriving, that is alive, amen, that still believes all that the book says. And I still trust God that He's able to do great things. I said He's able to do great things, right? Right here in this assembly, right here in this church, right here in this city, right here among these people, in your family, on your job, in your neighborhood, in your Sunday school class. Amen. I said in your Sunday school class, in this sanctuary, service after service. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, let's love the Lord together. Let's give some praise to Him right now. Talking about a glorious church. Then say that He was going to present to Himself a weak church. Amen. A half, half dead church. A church that was sick. A church that was just barely getting by. A church that crawls through the pearly gates. But he tends to say the opposite. He said it's a glorious church. It's a glorious church. A triumphant church. A powerful church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. And uh, I don't believe that our influence in the world has to wane. 
I believe that the world is going to come looking for those that are real, those that do have the anointing, those that do possess the power, those that do have something to offer. Praise God. I, I, I realize that, that not everybody has something to offer. Not really. Oh, they may have a program. They may have a fancy facility. They may have uh, pomp and circumstance and all of that. But I want to tell you, when the rubber meets the road, people, they don't really want that when trouble comes. When problems come, they want more than a social gathering. They want more than just to connect to the place where they can make their business deals. And you understand that that's, that's a lot of what happens. People say, well, I belong to this over here because uh, that's where... That's where they can make the, the right business connections. And that's what is the best uh, uh, for the prosperity of their business and, and what they want to do and climb the social ladder. But when it comes right down to it uh, and you're looked in the eyes and, and, and you're told that you've got a terminal disease, you're going to need more than a social affair. You're going to need more than just, you know, I belong and I've got membership over here and I attend once a month and that kind of thing. You're going to need a connection with God and a people that know how to pray and a people that know how to touch the Lord. Amen. When you're told that, that uh, there's nothing more we can do to help you, there's nothing nothing left that we, that we there's no choices, no alternatives that we have. There, we've run out of options. And when you're told that, you need to be able to find a people that can connect with God and when they come I don't want us to be able to stand here and say well we got this and we got that we can offer you I want to be able to say to them we may not have silver and gold but we've got something called the power of the Holy Ghost that is what you need and what will change your life it will set things straight in your heart it will turn things around in your marriage. It will turn things around in your health. It will turn things around for your children. It will work. It will work. It will work. Amen. How many knows that it still works today? Oh, somebody ought to give him some praise. It's a glorious church because it's founded on the truth. It's founded on a doctrinal foundation of truth. Can you say praise the Lord? Ephesians chapter number 2 verse 19 through 22 reads like this. Now therefore you're no more strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God are now built upon the foundation of of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the buildings fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. It tells us that he built the church, and it's built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We understand that 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 and 2 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, 
giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. He goes on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There's going to be those that are going to drift away. There's going to be those that are not going to see the necessity of it. There's going to be those that are going to endeavor to water it down. They're going to, they're going to try to put their own spin on it. Uh, you know, we're living in a time when people want to experience uh, the atmosphere and the presence of God and the power of God, but they don't want to make the consecrations necessary to bring that about. And that is a dangerous, dangerous thing when people feel like I can concoct this. I can manufacture this. I, I can have church without the true anointing of the Holy Ghost. And the sad thing is, is there's a whole lot of folks that cannot distinguish the difference. I, I, they, don't have enough, they don't have enough discernment to be able to distinguish what is of God and what is not of God. I'm going to tell you, everything that bounces is not of God. Everything that can draw goosebumps up is not of God. Everything that makes you feel good on the inside and, and, and makes you, makes you uh, feel all lighthearted and everything, that's, that's not necessarily all of God. Amen. Kind of getting quiet on me now, but I'm just telling you the truth. That is the truth. And it's more than just the name that is over the door. You've got to have the power and the substance of the Holy Ghost on the inside. That's right. Praise the Lord. They, they need to be preaching the doctrine of God's Word. They need to be preaching that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. The Lord our God is one Lord, and Him only shalt thou serve. They need to be preaching Jesus' name, baptism. Amen. That is the only baptismal formula in your Bible, is Jesus' name, baptism. Amen. You find me a place in the Word of God where anybody was baptized any other way, I'll give you, I, won't, I start to say I'd give you a million dollars, but I don't have a million dollars to give you. Not anything close. I could write a check and feel pretty good about it, though, for a million dollars and not ever have to worry about you cashing it because I could tell you with confidence it's just not there that anybody baptized in any other formula than the name of Jesus Christ in the Word of God. Amen. I'm talking about in the church age, since the church was born. Amen. After the church was born, everybody that was baptized was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. There's power about being baptized in the name of Jesus. It stops things in people's lives when they go down in the name of Jesus Christ. It's more than just a little ritual. It's more than just a routine. It's more than just a little thing we do. It's more than just something we preach about and get excited about. But there's something spiritual that happens to a person when they go down in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, well, I know all of that. I'm going to tell you what. You need to act like you know it then. Praise the Lord, because this is still worth getting excited about. And if you ever lose your excitement for this, you're in trouble, my friend. If you ever realize that, ever stop realizing the necessity and the need of being baptized in Jesus' name, you're in a whole lot of trouble, friends. Praise God. There's a lot of people. Amen. I, I, I see it. I see it. Amen. I, I know where they got it. They got it from the charismatics. 
we're going to have this group baptism every year annually. You know, we're going to get 50 or whatever together. We're going to hold everybody off until a certain date. And then we're all going to give you the same T-shirt, and you can come and get baptized all together in a swimming pool in the fellowship hall. You know what that does? That puts it in people's minds that it's not necessary to get baptized tonight. That puts it in people's minds that it's really not necessary to do this right now. I can put it off and put it off and put it off and kick the can down the road. And I'm going to tell you, that takes away from the importance. My Bible says that Paul looked at those disciples of John and told them about the Holy Ghost. They said, we, we, we don't even know about the Holy Ghost. We don't understand anything about it. And he, the Bible says, told them, well, what, what was you baptized unto? And they said, unto John's man. He said, you flatly need to be baptized again. And right there, and within a few verses of Scripture, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Bible tells me in Acts chapter 10, you need some more Bible? I can give you some more Bible. Acts chapter number 10, the Bible said of Cornelius, uh, when the Holy Ghost fell upon them, he turned around and said, can any man forbid water? Because these have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Amen. You need to get baptized in Jesus' name. And the scripture said he commanded them right then to get baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you as long as I got any control over it, there is not going to be a date on a calendar that we say, now nah, we really want you to think about it. We want you to look forward to it. We want your shirt size. And when it comes time, we're going to give you a baptism on a certain date, six months away from now. I'm going to tell you that's ludicrous. We're going to tell them when you repent of your sins, you need the next step to get in the water in Jesus' name and be baptized in the name of the Lord. That's the way the Bible tells it. That's the way the Bible says it's to be done. That's what revival is all about. When people start feeling the call of God, when they start being convicted by God, that's then that you need to move. Strike while the iron's hot. While people are being moved on in the Holy Ghost, it's time to move with it, friend. It's time to step out. It's time to let God have his way then. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I still believe in the necessity of the Holy Ghost. I still believe in it. I believe you got to have it to be saved. Don't believe it's a spare tire. Don't believe, well, it's just an add-on. I've had vehicles, and you have too. I remember the first vehicle I ever had that had the, the uh, power windows. That was a phenomenon. Ooh, look at that. All I'd ever had growing up was those kind you had to crank. And then sometimes you ever had one that, that the little knob down there broke off on it? Man, that's, that's a deal, isn't it? <laughs> Trying to get that little inch at a time. I was preaching for a preacher one time. He had a, uh, had just gotten a Cadillac. Man, that thing was black. Had, that was back when uh, uh, they was doing a lot of the gold lettering on everything. And, I mean, it had all the gold lettering on it. And, and I mean, it had the nice wheels on it. had gold uh, lettering on the, or 
gold-plated, uh, you know, Cadillac emblem down there on the silver rims. And, whoo, I mean, it was just, it was something else. Uh, windows all blacked out. We was driving home one night. And I don't mean, it was just random. The lights started flashing. Windows started going up and down. <laughs> Horns started honking. I thought it was an alarm, but I knew the alarm wouldn't let the windows up and down. He said, I don't know what's going on with this car. He said, finally get a nice car, and look at this. He said, got this. He said, I, I, I'm so put out with this thing. He said, I drive it, and everybody looking at you. I mean, you know, coming out in your yard and looking at you as you're driving by. It's the craziest thing. You know, some things that are optional. Amen. Some things you can decide whether you want it or not. You can get by without it, but you cannot get by without the Holy Ghost, my friend. You've got to have it. You've got to have it. Praise the Lord. And the best thing about this is, is God's pouring it out. I said he's pouring his spirit out upon all flesh, the Bible says. Amen. And the Bible said it's for as many as the Lord our God shall call. Still pouring it out. It's still happening. Still taking place. Till Jesus comes, you can get the Holy Ghost. You've got to have faith and you've got to yield to God. First of all, you've got to repent of your sins. But after that, you, you don't beat yourself up. You've got to have faith towards God. And let me just stop and say this. When you get the Holy Ghost, and you're going to speak in a heavenly language that you didn't learn. Nobody taught you. And nobody has to prime your pump for you. You know, I heard a deal about uh, charismatics teaching folks that, well, you know, the deal is we, we want to prime their pump just a little bit. You know, even an old dry pump, you got to get it. You know, they leave a little water out there and you can pour it down there and get the thing going a little bit. So we, we kind of teach them how to get going a little bit and then they, they kind of get loosened up and then they can get it. Well, I don't think it takes a lot of priming on our part. Matter of fact, I don't think it has anything to do with us in the flesh. It's a spiritual work that is done. You don't need a class to learn how to speak in tongues. But when you speak in tongues, you do understand he's going to use your tongue and he's going to use your voice box to speak it out. Amen. So you've got to have the faith as you feel the Spirit moving upon you to go ahead and let it flow. Because I've seen a lot of people that get right there and it's just getting ready to, to flow out of them because the tongues are just an evidence of what's going on internally on the inside. The tongues themselves are not the Holy Ghost. They're a sign of the Holy Ghost. It is the evidence of the words of the Holy Ghost. That's the evidence that he's... And isn't it amazing how this all works? He took the most unruly member of your body and he used that to show and reveal that the Holy Ghost has been poured out upon this person. And the Holy Ghost, they've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because that most unruly member of your body, that is what is used as a sign. When, when the Lord has you, He has that part of you that is the most unruly also. He has all of you, in other words. When you get the Holy Ghost, it's, that, it's just like when we baptize somebody in Jesus' name. We don't take and get a basin of water and sprinkle them. We don't get a... We don't have a sacred holy water. I went to a funeral where they was doing all of that. And uh, I never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. I was looking at all of that. And they was putting that holy water and splashing that holy water. I said, my Lord, if they ever run out of water around here, they're going to have a problem. They got, they got more, 
going on with that holy water and they have any, I mean they was they was doing all these things and I'm not making light or making fun I'm just saying that we don't do it that way amen but we baptize in the name of Jesus and the bible said to be buried with him in baptism and so when you bury somebody you don't leave one leg out or one foot out you you got them all buried in the ground And so we bury somebody, we totally immerse them in Jesus' name. When you get the Holy Ghost, baptism of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be immersed in the Spirit of God. I said you're going to be immersed in the Spirit of God. And when you got it, it's got all of you, not just part of you, not just a portion of you, but it's got all of you. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Does anybody believe this tonight? I I said if you believe it, you ought to sound off. I know you wanted something real deep tonight. I know you wanted to hear somebody. uh, You wanted to hear somebody give you some big prophetic meaning to something. But I'm going to tell you this right here is what will save you. This is what will change your life. This is what will turn things around for you. Matter of fact, if somebody, if somebody was coming here and get real deep, most of us wouldn't understand it anyway. Amen. I'm just telling the truth. Praise the Lord. But we are part of something glorious because of what it's founded upon. Go ahead and stand with me. I, I'm not near finished, but I feel like the Holy Ghost, amen, has moved in here and God's blessed and We've accomplished something tonight, and I had a few more things that I wanted to preach about, but I feel like we've preached what the Holy Ghost wants us to preach about tonight and talk about tonight. Amen. It's important that we realize what we're a part of and stay connected to it. Praise the Lord. Stay connected to it. Stay anchored to it. Praise the Lord. It's important that you stay connected to the church. That's your responsibility. There's going to be ups and downs and ins and outs and things, and there's going to be others that are maybe going to, the Bible talks about folks falling away. And we get so focused on that, we don't see the harvest coming. We don't see that at the same time there's a few falling away. The Bible does say that he's going to give us increase and that we're going to see a move and a revival and an outpouring of his spirit all at the same time. The Bible gives us that parable about those that, that came in and they, they worked throughout the day and then there were those that came in at the very last, but their pay was all the same. Amen. I'm telling you, when somebody comes in the church and uh, they, they, they maybe haven't been here as long as you have, there, there's, no, there's no rank and file here. They are part of the church just like you are because they got the same Holy Ghost you got. Amen. They got the same Jesus name baptism that you got. They're just as worthy as you are. They're just as forgiven as you are. They're just as accepted by God as you are. 
They've all just experienced the same thing that you have. Come on now. Let's don't get prideful. Let's don't raise ourselves up and think, well, I, 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 let me tell you how many years I got in here. And let me tell you how much I've been living for God. Let me tell you what I've accomplished. And let me tell you about all of my deal. That, that has its place. But I'm telling you, we ought not look down our nose at anybody. But we need to be accepting of folks that come in that God saves. Because if he saved them, we need to embrace them. I said if he saved them, we need to embrace them. Amen. And that doesn't mean that everybody's going to act like you and look like you and, and talk like you. Amen. But they may come from all different backgrounds and lifestyles. And this, this world becomes more and more an amalgamation uh, of different peoples from different places in the world. We're going to see more of that right here in Texarkana. And we just may as well open up our arms and say, you know what? If he died for them... Come on. Amen. Whosoever will, let him come. Hallelujah. I said, whosoever will, let him come. If we got to interpret for you, we'll interpret for you. Amen. If we if we gotta if we gotta seek to understand something about your culture, we'll seek to understand something about your culture. We don't expect you to understand everything about us uh, overnight, but we'll be an example to you. And we'll love you and we'll accept you and we'll embrace you because we want to see you saved. That's what this is all about, church. If you believe that, why don't you raise your hands and let's worship the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Come on, let's give praise to Him. I believe is here for us church open up your heart open up your mind open up your spirit have faith in God don't back off of it but believe it and trust that God's going to do it because we're a part of a church that is glorious amen turn around to somebody and say God's church is glorious amen God bless you tonight let's remember let's remember this weekend amen let's be inviting folks